Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> We're still in quarantine. People, they're letting up. The rules are changing, but we're still in it. <laughs> yeah, changing uh, like I mean, for LA, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, that's true. It feels like other states, not us. So I'm yeah. gonna keep calling it the quarantine for now in LA. <laughs> totally, we can't do shit. I mean, I'm just happy that you know, Secret Headquarters, my my local comic book shop, is now doing curbside comic books. New comic books are coming to the shop. Oh, so that's, that's great. So, you know, next time I get that, you know, that expendable income, I can, you know, take a little ride over there and pick up some new issues. Hell yeah. Don't know what it will be waiting for me, but we'll have to wait and find I out. I was going to say, like, uh, I wonder if you could, like, peruse online or so, or if you just know something's being released. Uh, I think if you check online, they have, like, the big companies have started to release, like, what's coming. Since yeah. they had to, like, a lot of stuff had to be pushed back. I right. think some things, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head right now, but I know a couple of them are like, issues will be coming out in double, just because they're like behind two issues now, you know? And right. they probably already had the just it printed or what, and ready to go. But, you know, the last thing I did was I just checked to see what was in my, my subscriptions and my holds there. So, but Sweet. I don't know. But that that's a great little uh, clunky segue from me. <laughs> Into hell to pay. There we go. There's that march. There's that marching guitar. Uh, oh, and bef bef uh, we're gonna get to these segments because it's not time to to tackle the 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 weird tales. But just remember, weird times calls for weird tales. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. Oh, I gotta get it in there. Don't forget weird times call for a test. Uh, but I, I forgot that because I'm really excited about this actual segment of Hell to Pay. Um, this comes from comicsbeat.com. Um, and it's an exclusive little article. Um, says Mignola has early holiday gifts for Hellboy fans. This is very cool. So the first one, um, it's a solid six months from the holiday season and the country is still very much in the throes of an ongoing crisis. But Hellboy fans are getting some good news today. That's right. Hellboy creator Mike Mignola shared a pair of gifts for his fans on Friday via an exclusive unveiling with us here at The Beat. The first is a new Hellboy holiday ornament and the second is a preview of Frankenstein Undone number two. So this is awesome. We'll get to the comic book in a moment. But the first thing is an amazing Hellboy in the Santa suit ornament. Yeah, it's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it says. These are like the specs on it. Um, it says Santa isn't the only big red guy that loves the holidays. Now you can celebrate with Mike Mignola's Hellboy based on the limited edition Hellboy holiday Hellboy game piece from Mantic Games. This fully painted 3.75 by 3.25 ornament can be hung or displayed on a flat surface. Holiday season is here. <laughs> That's so funny. But this is um, this is I think it's a good price for like a, a probably pretty detailed by the image, pretty damn detailed ornament. It's twenty nine ninety nine. I don't think that's bad if you're a Hellboy collector and are a fan of, of 
of Hellboy and want to like spruce it up with a little ornament. Available on October 28th, 2020. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. I think I might have to get is there yeah. like a Hellboy? Is there like a Hellboy Saves Christmas episode or something? I can't remember. I know I've read the majority of the Christmas um, specials. I don't know if there's one directly. This is going to be a question that somebody can fill us in out there, or when we get to those Christmas specials, we'll we'll find out. But I don't know. It could just be like something Mignola drew. Yeah, but it's pretty great. The last Christmas special I. Red. I remember having a Lobster Johnson story that I absolutely love. So sweet. We'll get to that one day. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this year we'll have to mix it up and maybe do all the Christmas specials during the holiday season. We never know. Yeah. I don't know what's in store of this for the, the rest of season four when we get back to it. Things can change. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think I'm gonna try to find out how I can pre-order that when I get that extra dough and get that. I mean, that will just be addition to the one that uh, that your fiance made for me. Wait, what? The ornament that you guys gave oh, me yeah, for yeah, Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. I mean, <laughs> for a second, I was like, sorry, I was looking at the, I was looking at the Frankenstein. <laughs> you had moved on, and I tried to sorry. compliment you. Thank you, yeah. Oh, man, Jess uh, was so, she was really happy with how that one turned out, too. And I don't think, I don't know if she got a picture of it, but. I'll send her a picture one next time I. I think, yeah, I mean, Next I took a picture, a Christmas ornament out. I definitely posted it, so there's a picture online. Yeah, it exists. But I'm just saying that ornament with the new ornament go pretty well together. You'll have a whole Hellboy themed <laughs> tree, and then Beth will be like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, she'll be she'll tear it down, and I'll have, to have my She'll own. Be like, what am tree. I looking at? <laughs> But yes, moving on to the next little part of this article and the release is, in addition to that um, exclusive preview of the ornament, there is an exclusive preview for f- for the next Frankenstein Undone number two. Originally, the first po- post-COVID delay new comic for Hellboy fans. I got the first issue of it, then the second one was delayed because of a lot of comics via COVID. Yeah. Um. So that this one is coming now. It's supposed to be... It should be coming out this coming week as this podcast is actually once you're, you should be listening to this and this should be in your book, comic book stores on May 27th, 2020. This is again, continuation. They had originally, this is like a pre uh, prequel to the, the, the prior Frankenstein story. We'll eventually get to this as well and on the podcast down the road, but this comes from Mike Mignola and Scott Alley have both wrote this. The artist has been Ben Stenbeck, colors Brennan Wagner. Cover art is also by Ben Sten- Stenbeck. Coming out on May 27th, 2020, 32 pages, part of the miniseries, $3.99. I love there. There's a couple of different covers. The art, I, I mean, I think Ben Stenbeck is a, is a, is a very clean and good artist. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to save cool. any of my actual thoughts for the Frankenstein uh, series when for when we get there. But, hey... You know, this is a sign of like some things feeling a little new normal. I'm only calling it new normal. I'm not calling it normal. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool to, you know, we know comics books are back on the shelf. That's going to help us, you know, move forward, I guess. Yeah. It's, a, it's a small sign of good positive change, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but great. That is hell to pay. Yay. Great. And then we have one more segment before we get to our weird tales. Um, This segment is one of our favorites, but it can only be possible um, with all of you out there. little segment we like to call, Oh Boy, boy. 
emails. <laughs> I made it plural. Is that okay? That's okay with me. Okay, so go. You try to say it with me, which is great. And sort also, of. <laughs> our voices go into a little bit of ogreish every time we say it. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not harmonizing. It sounds more like. Did you ever see the Exorcism of Emily Rose? Is that the old lady one? It's like a. It's like a young woman, but she gets. Oh, no. Uh, possessed, but uh, a little spoiler alert. Skip ahead 15 seconds if you're listening and don't want to hear a spoiler alert for a movie that came out like 15 years ago or something. <laughs> she, like, at the end is like super devil possessed and Ooh. is speaking in like a male and female voice at the same time in this like really crazy, like cacophonous voice. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. That sounds like good sound. I remember the movie like being okay, but that part being like awesome. Rad. Yeah. I and that's rare- what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's we're that voice. <laughs> yeah, we're the devil. We are the devil. Combined. Uh, <laughs> there's an exorcist movie like where it's about a woman filming her mother who they think has Alzheimer's and then it becomes that she's being possessed. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I like that uh premise I, though. I'm that's mad sad that I as do- shit. But it's, I watched it thinking for like, you know, I don't, I normally avoid scary movies, but I watched it for like a watching, trying to watch one movie a day and like two Halloweens ago, two Octobers ago. Yeah. And, um, I really ended up liking that one. I thought it was done really well. And I wish I could think of it right now. I'm just can't think of what it is, but it's like, it's supposed to be like, you know, it's the whole found footage sort of way because it's supposed to be this. Is student. it the taking of Deborah Logan? Yes, I th- no, no, no. It can't be that. I don't know. I love that we're just doing this on the podcast. Just I know. <laughs> it's like an. I don't know. It's an older movie. It's a couple years old. Somebody's screaming at us right now. Yes, it is that. It is the okay, taking cool. of Deborah Logan. The taking of Deborah Logan. Sweet. I'll watch this shit. I, I ended up. Well, you don't like horror movies? Oh, I'm terrified too, of them. Too scary. They are yeah. scary. And like, uh, th- this is a tangent before we get to this great segment and an email for it. They tend to let me down multiple times. Like either they like sure they're they're really scary throughout it, but then like they're they never really stick the landing for me. A lot of times, the majority yeah. of the ones I like or I've watched. The ones I like tend to stick the landing and like rise above the genre. But usually you hear about those without being like without having like your finger on the pulse of horror movies. Yes. So Um, although that being said, I did just get a shutter subscription, which did you? Yeah, (laughs) I love it. If you like horror stuff, you should check out the director of Shazam. Wasn't a huge fan of Shazam, but that's Kazam. No, Shazam. Huh? Not, not Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> Zachary Levi, uh, the director David F. Sandberg. You should look at his YouTube uh, horror movies. Never that. Did you ever see the little short Lights Out? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, the sh- I never saw the movie. That's the same director. Yeah, him oh, and cool. his like I believe it's his partner, if not wife, but a, his partner um, make all these shorts online that are. In the horror genre, and they're all great. And I don't even like, you know, I'm a guy that avoids that stuff normally, but his stuff is great. Yeah. Like Lights Out, there's a lot of fun stuff on there. Lights Out is great, yeah. Yeah, that short is so fun. I love it. But that's it. You should check that stuff out. But back to 
What's more important, email from you guys, you out there, you listeners, you email us. Oh boy, email. Oh boy. This one comes from Yuki Lee. Uh, this is titled, Oh Crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is one of the sweetest emails we've ever received. Um, I absolutely love that we I got this um, yesterday. Um, it says, hi, my name's Yuki. I just wanted to say I have been listening to your podcast and I love <laughs> <laughs> your guys' podcast. And she says, I have severe Tourette syndrome and I have been listening since July 4th, 2018. And I've never, and I've never wrote in. And so it's my first time. I actually have been caught up and all of your conversations are so cool and funny. And it's been rough lately because I have been finishing my school homework and I got yeah. fired I'm currently trying to get back into work and get into fit. Plus, I've been plus she's been playing uh, the the Nintendo Switch. She's has been playing Animal Crossing. It's pretty far. Uh, hard. Anyways, I can't wait for more content, guys. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I think I might need to give my Nintendo Switch friend code to Yuki. Hey. And just check out this island. <laughs> yeah. Yuki, you Jess and I have been playing so much. Yuki, if you email us through the account that you emailed us, oh crap, a Hellboy podcast, um, and ask Kate for your, her, uh, I'll just send it to her. She's, oh yeah, she, she has her age. Yeah. But Yuki, expect I don't want to add steps. She'll, she like won't listen to this for like a week. All right. <laughs> Yuki, but if you haven't, if you're listening to this, Yuki, <laughs> and Kate hasn't gone out of her way to f- to send you her friend code on Switch, uh, you 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 reach out to us. <laughs> that's gonna be fun to hear. But that's a lovely email. We totally. really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, c- thank you for listening. I'm ha- so happy that you are enjoying the show. Uh, we look forward to hearing more from you, Yuki. So thank you so much. And again, anybody out there, short, long, whatever response you want to share with us in regards to the show or anything that we're covering, we love hearing from you listeners out there. And again, you can reach out to us at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Yuki. Thank you all that have emailed in the past and who are going to email in the future. We appreciate it. That's it. That's our... Those are our segments. You know, we had a little, some small, short segments, a short tangent, but now <laughs> it's time to move on, Kate, and Trip let you take, take over and guide us through the last three stories of Weird Tales. We have one more Weird, Weird Tales episode yeah. before, after this, but these are officially the last three stories, except for one that we're saving for last. Yeah. But, but that's sort of a story that is, was, You'll get it. You get what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the last, like, officially published as Weird Tales, Weird Tales, Tales. Yeah. They, they are singular stories. That's they all. were not published throughout the the course of all the Weird Tales, like the final story we'll cover. Blah, blah, Everyone's blah. Everyone's like, shut up. They really are like, shut the yeah. fuck up. Just do the tale. Okay. The first tale. The first Weird Tale is 15 minutes. And it's written and illustrated by Jill Thompson, no relation, originally published in (laughs) Hellboy, (laughs) Hellboy Weird Tales number eight. That was on April 14th, 2004. And 15 minutes looks really great. Like, I think it looks really cool. 
It's like a watercolor sort of look, but it's still super clean. Like it's it's definitely like a great mashup of comic book, like solid outlines of things and this like painterly sort of watercolory style. Like I think the style looks really cool. And it's sort of like a classic like Hellboy European, you know, generic European town with like hills and like a cemetery and then skeletons start to rise from their graves and one seems to point like one skeleton seems to point and they all start walking towards a huge church like this big cavernous church we see a woman in like a red coat sees the skeletons all walking in there and she looks like (gasps) she like looks like as though she's gasping And then she's running and it appears that the skeletons are chasing her down. But then she turns with a bunch of papers and looks at them and says, no need to grab. There's plenty for everyone. Okay, quickly, though, it's time. And like she seems to like be telling them where to go around this church. There's like a big saint, like a huge, like kind of like sarcophagus, like for a saint or something. And like it's like a super ornate old church. Uh, don't just stand there do nothing and like so they all like (laughs) fall to the ground like toy story style you know what i mean yeah and then immediately afterwards huge splash page of hellboy or like single page i guess not a huge splash but uh hellboy crashing into a stained glass window fighting a big rat creature gives a nice uh you know what i hate about you giant rat guys you always need to take a bath as he's like smashing through. I think we also probably get a portrait of somebody that Jill Thompson knows kind of hidden in this upper right corner. There's like a guy with glasses as part of the stained glass. And I bet <laughs> I bet that's somebody she knows or like, you know what I mean? Oh, or yeah. another artist or something. Um, it's very funny that that's like the only object on the stained glass or image wise that sort of survives the crash. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what I, it makes me feel like, oh, this is somebody that is like she's friends with and she like put that in there, which is always fun. When Did I you immediate- ever read? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did I ever read what? Um, Bizarro. It was like a Sunday comic. I feel like I've heard of it, but I can't say I'm a reader. It's like a one panel Sunday comic. Uh, but the artist always puts in these little hidden objects into like. All of them. I don't know if he still does that because I haven't read it in a a long time. But like, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Just like a fun little hidden thing, like poked right in there. Well, to me, when I look at that head immediately, it's making me think of John Travolta in either it's the sequel of Staying Alive or the perfect movie that he's in. And he has like a headband. I uh, he wears like a headband and dances. I think it's perfect or it's staying alive. And I'm, uh, I'm, I I feel bad that I don't have it ready to go, but that's what I immediately think of the image when I see that, because the figure has like a, a, a band around its head, the face on the, I didn't glass. know that there was a sequel to, uh, that's the sequel to Saturday night fever. Perfect. Isn't there's another sequel. I think it's called staying alive. I believe. Uh, um, yeah. Stand alive. That is a se- that is a direct sequel. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh no see way. See this? I'm gonna pull it up to the camera. I mean, he looks great. He but was I- like a handsome young man. Oh hell yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, 
when I looked at that so stained hot. glass, I immediately thought of this image of sweaty John Travolta that's with funny. headbands on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I thought of. I bet that's, like what, I bet that's what Jill was going for, right? I don't know. I I read that as glasses. I read that as like thick glasses around this guy's face. Oh, I I read it as a headband and then and like just the lines of the face or contour. I don't. Yeah, I can see that too, though. Uh, that's very funny. I yeah. love the art. We have I like this. Uh, yeah, I like this rat guy. I think he looks really cool. Yeah, I think the rat. He's like similar, really. and he's similar to a Mignola creature, but different. You know, it's like, yeah, wear rat instead of just like making it a straight up werewolf or something. It's like a little bit of a extra thing. You got like fun skulls on the necklace or a chain, I guess, around the rat creature's neck. But yeah, we see like the skeletons all strewn about the room now, just looking like they've been there forever, you know? Yeah. So he lands on a skeleton, crushes it like pretty much. The skull goes flying. Hellboy. Ow, crap. Huh? <laughs> almost all crap. Oh well. Uh and then Was it almost? Uh, yeah. I I like the like you I think you can tell that this person does read Hellboy because the, the jokes are pretty good. Yes. And like pretty close to what yeah, the style is pretty close. Like as the rat bites Hellboy's hoof, he's like, I need that. And not just for walking, for kicking your varmint ass. But it's like edited with all the little fun like cartoon exclamation points and squiggles and stuff. Yeah. The rat crashes into another skeleton we see. Now be a good rat boy and take this holy water facial. And then there's nothing like he has nothing. He says that buttons and monster wrestling don't mix. And... uh you know, so Hellboy's just like having a fun time talking to himself. We see the skeletons kind of just like hanging out close by. Okay, think I can find this eatsy vial of holy water amongst the broken glass or find Mr. or find lovely Mr. Gun before this frustratingly resilient <laughs> rat guy chews my face off or not? Not! And it like jumps at him. Like, I like this. This, uh, this is like a fun monologue for Hellboy, I think. Yeah. We I, see I'm like a you. cool shot. From inside the mouth, like a little shop of horrors kind of shot of the rat creature's teeth from the inside. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I like the smirk on Hellboy's face. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. And then like Hellboy grabs a skeleton that's nearby as the rat jumps open mouthed at him, ready to devour his face. And Hellboy jams the legs of the skeleton into the rat's mouth. And I guess that, like, knocks him out or, like, kills him or something. It it subdues him enough that he, like, the rat just stops fighting. He's either dead or passed out. I would argue wow. he jammed it into his eyes, looking at the way he's, oh, okay. when he's pulling him away. It's gruesome. Whatever it is, he jammed it in his head or his yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's, he's leaving a trail of blood. <laughs> it's pretty So gruesome. something bad. And he's, yeah, he's dragging him by the tail. He's not trying to be gentle or anything. And then he kind of is talking to himself. Why don't I carry a holy water pistol? Yeesh. <laughs> that was a nice window. Come on, stinky. Like, I just like every line is like very silly and fun. It's like yeah. he like sort of curses once, but that's even edited. It's like <laughs> pretty tame. You know, not that I'm. I'm not like some Puritan. I don't like hate cursing, but it just is the right feel for Hellboy, I think. I agree. I don't. I I think that comes from his 
his upbringing. I never imagined him being like a fuck this fucker. Right, right. <laughs> and then like this woman in her red jacket comes out after Hellboy leaves. Bravo. Amazing performance on your um, and on your first hour of the job. But what about my legs? The world of set decoration isn't all glitz and glamour, I'm afraid. Release form says, ride at your own risk. And then, so they're like, the whole premise is that they're like extras on a movie, basically. Yeah. On the like Hellboy movie. I don't know who this woman is. (laughs) Like, there's like, you know, it's just like a gag to make it be like, like she has this little quick monologue of like it seems like a very tidy but very oh 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 she talks about the next location yeah it seems like a yeah yeah she's like come on guys we gotta go to the next location it seems like a a very uh tidy but very haunted old mill that needs investigating no one wants to see hellboy fighting somewhere tidy they want atmosphere and so you see the hellboys like getting crafty in the next page she's like getting all the food from the (laughs) from the table and they're talking to each other like well at least so I got my ridiculous. SAG card. I could finally do Shakespeare. I'll be right over there, guys. You guys give me a hand with lunch. Who wants cookies? And then a skull, like a guy who got his like whole skeleton body decimated. He's just a skull now is like, ah, it's a living. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow. I guess Jill Thompson did some extra work in her days because it's like exactly what it is. Because they, tr- they do treat you like your bones. When they you're toss you around. <laughs> Uh, what a what an insanely silly premise. So silly, but it's like which I don't it's dislike. Like, it's just yeah, seems, it it's, works because like the actual Hellboy content is like really pretty spot on. Yeah, but then it's like within this other fun. It's like a funny like break the fourth wall kind of thing of like we can't have Hellboy fight somewhere. Like it's a funny way to think about a comic book as though it's like each background character has its own story and like life and stuff like that i think it's just a fun little like weird angle to take on looking at a comic book yeah she's definitely pulling like a fun meta move and it's like pulling it back and and it's almost if you're approaching it to say like what if comic books were just at like had the the same scale of a production yeah. As a movie set, which is super silly. <laughs> so fun. I mean, and it just looks really cool. Like the whole thing is pretty looking. Yeah. I think the look of it is great. I almost, my only complaints about that premise is that it feels almost like I wish that that was the whole thing was the focus. Cause I think it's such a strong, it feels like this is a I don't know if this term makes sense, but it feels like a backdoor pilot to another comic book. Yeah, I can see that. Because I would honestly, I wish Jill. I don't know if maybe it exists, but I love. I would love the idea of Jill Thompson creating a comic book that's just about characters like these skeletons or what and whatnot living a life of being ambiance for other events. Yeah. Like, events because it's funny. It's a weird. It'd be fun. Yeah. If like Hellboy like crashed through the window and then like rolled and like fell through the floor as he is wont to do. And then he'll be like down in the basement and she's like, okay guys, we got to move. We got to move. We got to get, <laughs> like, yeah. we got to get to this other location real fast. Like that's the only weakness for me is that it, it goes there. It doesn't make it very clear at first. Then we're popped into the Hellboy storyline. Then it pops back out for that. And I'm like, oh man, just focus on that funny th- thing you created. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, again, I do like this. And 
I have to compliment. I really like her Hellboy because her Hellboy is the first time where I just think her Hellboy has a lot of youth to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like this almost, like, if we were to create a Hellboy that was, like, if somebody was to create a storyline where the Hellboy was a little younger, maybe in those early teen, early, late teens, early 20s, I would be like, let's get Jill Thompson. Yeah. That's what I, off of just this, because I think she has a natural, gives him a natural youth. Totally. Yeah, I think some people, and I mean, it's probably appropriate to do so. If you're drawing, like, contemporary Hellboy, like, 2005 Hellboy or whatever, he would be, like, physically around 35 or 40 or something because of his, like, slow age. Yeah. Yeah, Slow aging. I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know. But, like, yeah, it's cool to see him, like, a version of him that looks like 23 or something. Like, who knows? I'm just purely guessing. Yeah. Her use of language is, like, has youth in it. Like totally. all of the, it's, it's all, it's very Hellboy, but it's still like, even the word stinky, I, I, Come I go, on, stinky. Oh, I think that's so funny, but I don't think, it is. I don't think the Hellboy that's now in Africa and going on these big adventures would say stinky. I'm not saying sure. he, he wouldn't, he, I don't so think he would call curse, somebody stinky, but like this, that word just makes me go like, oh, he's still young and youthful. And like at the beginning of his or middle of his career, at least. Yeah. If not the beginning, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I liked it. I, I, I think my favorite panel overall of hers is that mouth one you said where you can see you're seeing out through the the rat's mouth. That one silhouette. is cool. And his, I just like his smirk. He looks so happy about being able to punch this rat. <laughs> I do like the skeleton with a little, um, like an ID card around his neck getting crafty. I think that's pretty fun. <laughs> I just I like how she draws skeletons too. I think they look cool. Yeah, the skeletons look great. The skeletons remind me a lot of those early Halloween Mickey Mouse cartoons where the skeletons like play oh, their yeah. bones and stuff. Yeah, like xylophones. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, stuff. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Jill Thompson. This was a great, a, a fun, silly, yeah. unique read. I loved it. Um, I think overall we had a bunch of good ones this week, like really solid ones. I think I w- I'm 100% on board with that. I agree. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Like our next one. <laughs> oh, before I move on, like, though, before I want to just give oh, some yeah. shout outs to Jill Thompson. If you're if there's more you want to oh, read yeah. from her, um, she's been prolific for quite a while. Most notable, her Sandman from the Parliament of Rooks and Fabes and Reflections, issue number 40 to 49. Her other notables include Scary Godmother, which I've never heard of. And Beasts of Burden. Beasts of Burden is something we'll probably be visiting in the future because there is a crossover with Hellboy and her book, Beasts of Burden. Awesome. Which is like dogs and stuff. Her art is very pretty. It's very, very pretty. People um, I, I also liken her like style to Alex Ross a lot. Oh, yeah. Very much in that same sort of vein of that fine art look. Very cool. Yeah. I would say she, I mean, Alex Ross is... Of course, amazing. Like, he's draw, like, he's like, you know, fucking Michelangelo or something of this kind of shit. But I think, like, I do like her playfulness. I think that kind of distinguishes her. Like, she definitely has, like, a very painterly style, but I would say she's pretty distinguished from, like, Alex Ross, everything seems like a statue. Like, everything's, like, very statuesque and, like, yeah. So, like, the posing is so dramatic. And I think that she has, like, a good taste for, like, 
it's like a it's like a nice mix for me. It's like fun and cartoony and painterly at the same time. Yeah, her her uses of color they give it a little more vibrance. Where yeah, uh, whereas Alex Ross Alex Ross is very like it. There's a and this isn't supposed to be disparaged because I do love a lot of Alex Ross's Alex Ross's work. Is he 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 has a seriousness to him where yeah, there's like yeah. a weight as you said like that statuesque feel like it's very like this storyline needs to be taking itself serious and I like his stuff I mean yeah he um, Kingdom Come is insanely good and I need to read his Marvel stuff I sadly have not which you guys can all drag me for that but whatever (laughs) but this i think with her use of color even like that there's a panel in here specifically that i think illustrates what you're 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 saying is when he says that's what's good for you after stabbing the rat the use of the white line or the the white outline around hellboy um, distinguishing between him and the blue like background that painter look it just gives that different vibrance and it's not weighed down like Alex Ross's, you know? Yeah. And I think that's great. It's, it's, as you said, it distinguishes her from him a lot. Totally. You know, let's check out more Jill Thompson. And, Hell yeah. But for the time being, let's move on to the next weird tale. <laughs> <laughs> the next one we have is Long Distance Caller. And that was written by Kev Walker and illustrated by Kev Walker. Lettered by Michael Heisler and edited by Scott Alley. And that came out February 11th, 2004 in Hellboy Weird Tales number seven. And uh, yeah, Long Distance Caller is another cool one. It's like Johan centered kind of thing, which is like very sad. There's one element of this that I was like, wait, is this not? I mean, obviously, like this story is non-canonical, but like isn't before we even jump into it, isn't Johan like when he's not in his suit, he has like it's like temporary, like he can't really be out of his suit for super long or something like that. Or he'll like like dissipate. I thought the same thing when reading this. And I thought that was a canon thing of like when he gets out of it. There is like he can be lost because in when he gets his suit destroyed in BPRD, uh, I'm blanking on the storyline title. It's Plague of Frogs. After Abe gets stabbed, remember, and he goes yeah. into that dog. I think he recently goes into that creepy rotting dog. He like dog. has to inhabit some corporeal yeah. form or something. Or he'll all that dissipate. being said, like all that being said, I think this one is a really cool idea. And I think that if you were like, if you just suspend that part of the canon, it's a pretty enjoyable comic. But I did 100%. think that immediately. I was like, I, won't he like dissipate into it? But then I was like, just shut up and read it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did the same. You know? I did the same uh, elitist comic book fan. Yeah. Fan. This person clearly like, doesn't understand. <laughs> I mean, Scott Alley put it in the book, you know, it's yeah. like they thought it was fun enough to have. Yeah, um, they're treating it non-canon. They let these people do what they wanted. They didn't. Yeah, that was the whole goal: was let them write, don't question it, just put it in because it's non-canon. Yeah, yeah. So now that we have that in our brains, we can read and enjoy <laughs> "Long Distance Caller" by Kev Walker. So it's like um, pretty sad. Johan's out on the roof because he can't sleep because he hasn't wanted to sleep ever since he became a ghosty boy. Creepy. And yeah, it's like just depressing too it's like oh he it's like that feeling that feeling of insomnia and like that lonely feeling of like when you just can't sleep and everyone in the world is asleep and you're just it feels very like you're by yourself it's super melancholy 
And the colors, I think, reflect that really well, too. Like, the art really complements the story, too. But he's yeah. saying, like... I, I yeah, just want to say I love the art because even yeah, though... Yeah, it looks cool. Him as, like, this smoky figure, yeah. it's very cool that he's among clouds, but he's very just... Like, he, you can tell where he is. Right. He doesn't ever get lost, and I love that they do that with not only the image, but just the coloring is pretty good. Yeah, it's a really nice choice to have, like, he's, like, this vapor sort of form, but he's still, yeah, he's still very distinguishable in that he's, like, lighter in color from the rest of the night sky, like, the rest of the clouds, and also sort of, almost sort of has, like, a hint of a human figure, like, he's got, like, kind of a human form, but not so much that you would immediately be, like, a person like he's not like a solid ghost or whatever not um, a solid ghost he's not a solid ghost <laughs> he looks really cool though and so he's like just thinking to himself like he lets himself out of his suit and he goes wandering around he just floats around to see what he can see and he says uh distractions are rare so it's easy to become complacent when the strange is your st- is your stock and trade because as he's flying he notices like this huge beam coming down from the sky and this huge like cloud of dust rising up from earth from where it's making contact so he's going to like go check that out go investigate that in his uh in his like non-suity form nice to be surprised uh when you think you've seen everything even when that surprise tries to take a bite out of you and like it's like like here's a great example of him half looking like a a human figure and half not like you can kind of see him like drawing back away from this beam of light as he gets closer to it he like runs runs back it looks as though he's been like damaged or something and again the use of color that that, like you have the beam it's so bright his his like greenish hue for himself but then that in between of like where the beam has touched his his vapor form being affected by the color is yeah it's like orangey like almost like he's got a like a real physical wound or something and yeah it looks really cool and this like the use of black in this uh in these panels is really cool too. Like it really highlights the light part. Like it makes that pop, you know, so much. I think it's like this guy's just got a really good sense of how to play with uh, light and dark like that. Yeah. Yeah. He just does that really well throughout the whole comic. Super impressive. And uh, Johan says the risks only make me curious too curious by half. And he like flies into this. It's almost like a satellite or something. It looks like some like receptor. Yeah, I think it's you know. these exist. They're like because I think it's it will say what they are at the end, but it's like where they're trying to just send noise or try to pick up noise in space, right? Yeah, they have these. They exist. They're just running all the time because we're like maybe we'll make contact. Let's see what it makes me there. think of the movie Contact. That's what it makes. Yeah, me think of. <laughs> and like as he's. Uh, sort of investigating a car pulls up and a woman gets out and you get the immediate impression that she works there because one it's out in the middle of nowhere and two she hops out and is like morons idiots they didn't listen to a damn word i said i guess i should be doing this with an australian accent because i guess it's in australia <laughs> yeah. that we find out later but i don't know i won't <laughs> you won't try it oh uh, well I, I, do you want me to bludgeon you with my australian yeah, accent? i'll do it with you if you do it That's i was I supposed to wait for me <laughs> oh, no. just sound like uh, dan welcome dan and morons, morons idiots idiots <laughs> 
It's fair to wait for me. I didn't listen to a damn... Oh, dude. <laughs> People are like, no. Care. Yeah, this is horrible. The one Australian listener we had just, uh, just <laughs> ripped us. his headphones out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so she's like, you know, she's like, oh, they did something wrong. Uh, yeah, and Johan's like poking his nose into other people's affairs as he's saying it. Uh, they were supposed to wait for me. And then... She, like, runs up to try to grab the door. She gets blasted with some energy, either electrical or something. There's just, like, energy radiating from the door handle. And she gets knocked back in this, like, blast of light, mini explosion. Johan runs up to her. Well, runs. I mean, you know, floats over (laughs) to her. So he says, one less thing for me to worry about for the moment. Gives me time to find out what's inside. And he, like, kind of floats through. And we see uh, some blobby space creature and like somebody who was where, you know, some operator of this thing who was working there with like a little headset on is now looking like a Nazi at the end of like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. He's all like sucked dry and, uh, you know, his fucking energy is being drawn out of him through his eyeballs, nostrils and mouth. Yeah. And there's three of them in that we see in that that wider panel, which I think is very cool. It's, oh, yeah, good call. I didn't even notice that before. Yeah, it's a very dark... I mean, again, it's using shadow a lot, so I think you have to take yeah. a moment to really, like, go, catch all three, especially the one in the corner. Yeah. This artist kicks ass. Like, uh, he's so cool. Yeah, I think his stuff um, is solid. Yeah. And, yeah, Johan's seeing that there's something not of this world, something alive. And there's, like, a blobby sort of like McFarlane-esque creature is how I'm thinking to describe it. It's got like cool like bumps and squiggles and it's like just like a creepy texture, but it has like one big black eyeball it seems. (laughs) It's like looking at Johan and like a huge mouth. It reminds me of those like sharks that are, I don't think it's like a whale shark, but it's some kind of like big ass shark that like basically eats like a whale shark like it only eats like little stuff and its mouth looks like almost like a whale like baleen sort of shit like that's what it makes me think of just this big gaping maw that it's (laughs) trying to like suck johan into it's belligerent and hungry and uh it blasts some energy out of its fucking eyeball and it hits johan (laughs) it's really cool johan's like coming apart where the energy is like going through him and it's like fucking gnarly johan gets the hell out of there what i love here though before he gets the hell out of there is that yeah he actually he like makes his vapor form into like a sharp edge oh yeah yeah all i can do is defend myself yeah it's like yeah pretty cool that he can do that in this (laughs) as a way to get away I mean, yeah. I guess it's like whatever the energy that this thing is generating, like maybe they're similar or something like he's made out of some stuff that can affect this other creature. That makes this sense. Space creature. Especially sure, it makes, he's, that makes a ton of sense. It makes sense. <laughs> this creature is definitely is powered by this, the like the essence of those other those humans. So, yeah, that's and true. Definitely yeah, Johan's on the same plane in a sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he, um, yeah, he blasts the thing in the eyeball. He goes through the, through the door or through the fucking door. He goes through the wall <laughs> and, um, notices that the woman who got knocked out, she's like coming to, and then the monster crashes out, uh, like just smashes the wall down completely with a giant, awesome roar. 
<laughs> and then the Johan like communicates with this woman by like going into her brain, like literally like putting his like essence into her brain. The power girl, kill the power. So she runs over to her car. She's like, why the hell did I think of that? And then <laughs> drives like full force, uh, like full speed as this thing is like getting stronger and stronger and sucking the power out of somewhere. She crashes her car into just into the building and it explodes in a giant explosion. The This like little monitor that we've saw earlier flatlines and the creature is just like gloopy guts at this point he's like all exploded and smoking and the woman is alive and then johan is thinking uh there's no point in hanging around dawn is coming in connecticut and i'm getting tired so he goes back to his suit re-inhabits it and then you kind of get the impression that like he just got to his suit maybe like a couple minutes ago or something and Mm -hmm. then kate comes out uh johan so this is where you've been hiding and he's like yeah it's quiet here like you know he's like playing it cool he's like pretty chill considering everything that's happened kate also couldn't sleep so she comes out here she's like nothing on tv oh you know the usual nothing to my liking now there's a surprise uh come on i'll i'll buy you breakfast uh, he says thank you, and then we fly to Australia. Something to do with a SETI station down there. S E T I search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And he said, uh, Johan's like, ah, uh, perhaps I ought to tell you something. <laughs> so yeah, so now he's gonna fill her in on the little crazy ni- adventurous night that he's had <laughs> handling some aliens. Yeah, these are the oops. I was just looking up those satellites. They're 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 a variation. Like I was looking up, they're, they're, the sizes vary and everything, but they exist. It's cool. It's very fun. It's very fun to include that and have those that kind of like Cthulhu monster come down through that. Very fun. Oh yeah. Um, I like this story. That it was solid. Same. Yeah. My I mean, my only gripes are nitpicky. Solid I, is a good thing to call it. Yeah. I think I think some of his thought it was vapor <laughs> vapor. Uh, I thought his humor is a little corny or a little like clunky yeah. for me. That's all. Like that. Now there's a surprise to try to call back Johan's uh, thing. It's a little corny for my taste, but it doesn't ruin the story. I guess too. It's like maybe there he's trying to go for the voice of Johan or something. Like I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I would definitely be intrigued to read more of. Kev Walker's stuff. Yeah, I liked his narration. Everything in the narration from Johan was great. It was more of yeah. like... Jokes are hard, man. Jokes are hard. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, right. They're, the, they're a different category. It's like some people are great writers and aren't funny for shit. And then some people are super funny. Yeah, like like for me, the line where the girl, the, the woman from the satellite... When she says, I hope this is covered on my insurance is a joke that I'd be like, can we, yeah. can we just eliminate that? She's going to die. <laughs> well, she does live. Thing, she jumps right? out of her car, but it's just like, right. who cares like, about she's your in, car? She's in possible eminent danger. I, I, th- I think that that's the thing is like, I mean, that's that's the thing of uh, top of intelligence, right? It's like, would you make this joke if you were about to die? Yeah. Would this be the last thing you said? Maybe if you were Hellboy because you... Like, that's why Hellboy gets away with jokes and, like, why Spider-Man gets away with jokes. Like, they they make jokes, but they're going to handle whatever the situation is. They're in, like, a hairy situation, but it's, like, they're superhuman. But yeah. this woman this woman probably wouldn't be like, 
I hope my insurance covers this one. She'd be like, ah. Yeah, no shit, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Just like screaming. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like top of intelligence, right? Because you're just cursing. But it's like, you have to think of what you would be doing realistically in the scenario. And I think that that is what top of intelligence really kind of implies yeah and also i just don't believe every character has a like a a a quick quip before right uh before they're like they make an action it just it starts to fall it starts to fall into the thing where it's like a trope for trope's sake you know or uh yeah i guess you're writing a comic like maybe you feel like you have to put in a line like that or something because it's like it has to be zippy and zingy and like have i don't know it's like a weird balance but for modern comics Because if you read like old, like if you read anything that Stan Lee wrote, dude, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, his shit's bonkers. He just (laughs) writes like a maniac. Like nobody would ever talk like the way Stan Lee talks. No, but he. His dialogue's insane. (laughs) It's, every descriptor is insane. Yeah. Like it's just so stylized. Like that's, so maybe that's the thing. It's like comic books can still be that because it it is fun. For sure. It's like fun to read that shit, but. You could never look at it and be like, that's realistic dialogue. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I, I, I would, I, only for this, this story and me being particular, being really nitpicky, I honestly yeah. feel like you get her, it, the, the f- first two lines from gotta kill the power to her acknowledging, like, where that, why did, where the hell did I think of that? Yeah. That to me, like, her acknowledging that something just went in my fucking head. Yeah. That is enough to me. And it makes I think that works well. The insurance seems like a different character. That's all. It makes me go, huh? I can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But again, it's still a solid, solid uh, story. <laughs> and I like totally. You've already said you. I love the look that Kev has brought to the story. Yeah, I think my favorite panel of all things is the the first panel where he says "too curious by half," and it shows that satellite the first time we see the full satellite in silhouette with the power and johan vapor going towards it i love that panel i think that panel is really great gorgeous and that establishes like there's a little power center on the side and everything it just gives us our playing field in one panel it's great yeah it's just super plays to like his story like obviously he wrote a story that just like plays to his strengths and let him draw something that he clearly loves to draw. Like I think it just looks so fucking cool. Yeah. So good. Very good. And you can check out more of Kev Walker, what he's mostly known for. Um, he's considered a fantasy artist. Um, he has done work mainly on 2000 AD Warhammer comics and also contributed to the collectible card game, magic, the gathering. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's currently working his works that other works you might notable are for his he's did Marvel Zombies three and four. Not I'm not surprised at yeah. all. Thunderbolts, Demon Fuge. I might pronounce it, be pronouncing that comic. Fugue? Fugue, probably. Demon Demon Fugue. And then Judge Dread. I would definitely read more of his stuff just because I like his look. So yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Absolutely. Cool stuff. Speaking of cool. Our next story is Cool Your Head. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Yeah. <laughs> cool Your Head. It's uh, written by Scott Morse and illustrated by Scott Morse, edited by Scott Alley, and it was published uh, on October 15th, 2003 in uh, Hellboy Weird Tales number five. 
And this is another one that's like kind of, I, I wouldn't really call this one like children's book style necessarily. Like it has elements of that. Like there's sort of like a simplicity, like a, a simplicity to the drawings. But I think it's like, I don't know. It, it almost reminds me of really old Hanna-Barbera cartoon backgrounds. Like if you look at old like Flintstones and shit like that, like these super sort of like 50s shapes and styles to like the bird and like the mountains and stuff and to have these like lighter colors that aren't aren't outlining the mountain but they're like they're like lines within the mountain but like could be an outline to the mountain like the way that like the colors and stuff are layered reminds me of like a 50s cartoon almost or like 50s children's book maybe i think you're right on because he is primarily known as an american animator and he, in the field of animation, he's worked as a character designer and storyboard artist and art director for companies like Disney, Universal, and Cartoon Network. And he, yeah. pl- this makes sense, the look of this and then this. He played a, a large part in the Pixar short film, Your Friend the Rat, which was what accompanied the 2000, uh, 2007 film Ratatouille on DVD. And I was oh, like, cool. oh, so it's like, it was in the, that was part of the short film that marked Pixar's first 2D animation project. So I think that what you're saying is spot on. With his feel, it feels like it has an animated feel to it in a different era. Uh, 100%. Yeah, like you know, old like Yogi Bears and shit like that. Like yeah. Uh, like yeah, it kind of reminds me of stuff like that. And it's also, I mean, it's in Yosemite National Park is where it's set too. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's, um, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but real and, quick, uh, while I'm cool, here, I'll just give him yeah. shout outs. If you want to check out more of his stuff, he did. A, uh, he's notable for books, graphic novels, Spaghetti Western, The Barefoot Serpent, um, The Complete Soul Wind, Ancient Joe, Smack Dab, Volcanic Revolver, Visitations, and then on Image Comics, uh, Little Gray Man. Weirdly, I just never, I've never read any of his stuff. So I'll have to check out more because I do like the look of it. Yeah, they're really cool. Like it's uh it's like a fun cuz it's like pastels but you it certainly doesn't look like a an Easter basket or something. It's definitely got like a lot of like browns and yellows and stuff like that like in the sky, like sky tones that are like browns and stuff. So and then like the mountains are like hyper pink, pastel kind of colors over over that. So it's like not it's like still aesthetically pleasing but not like you're typical like if you were just asking anybody to draw Mm -hmm. a mountain and a sky like you know it it would look a certain way and this kind of deviates from that in in a really cool looking way and we see hellboy like huffing up the mountain there's like a little like insert of a bird singing and then hellboy's like (sighs) like walking up the (laughs) mountain and he's sort of like stamping through a stream you get like a nice little shot of him doing that and then hellboy notices someone he says hey ain't that cold and there's like an old little like old man in a little pond <laughs> that's like mountain water runoff, like uh, freezing cold water. And he's just like splashing around in there. Though melted from the uh, blankets of winter, I find it warmer than the heart of man. Help was <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> you know, he's like a hermit. He's like a little hippie hermit that's like splashing around in the freezing cold water up there. Hellboy's demeanor in this is so 
grumpy. It's hilarious. He's extremely grumpy in this one. Yeah. He's like, he's had it up to here with this hippie. Maybe he's just, he's got low blood sugar. He's been (laughs) walking up this mountain for a long time. I've never like been to Yosemite. I've never hiked there, but I bet it's really hard. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) You want to take a bath in a glacier puddle? More power to you. He's some kind of hippie or something. Like a flat out asks him. Rude. Rude. (laughs) So rude. Although just in California, in like the California woods, like, yeah, you're probably going to find a hippie or two. For sure. He says, hippie, only piece I'm after is for my head. You? Me what? (laughs) Jesus. Hell boy. You here for the Dharma? Yeah. He's like pissed. Oh, you're a Kerouac nut. Now the Charlie Parker you were belting out makes sense. And the hippies just like spitting water up in like a little fountain. <laughs> and they're just kind of like talking back and forth. Like he's like, uh, um, you got some kind of scruffy attitude, don't you? The old man. Lay off me, man. I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so what a gr- like the grumpiest possible way to be like, I'm on vacation. Uh, whatever. Hope you find what you're looking for. I'm just looking for a campsite. And he like wanders off. I hope you find one of them, too. So like implying that Hellboy's looking for something deeper, man. Yes. He's looking for a campsite. But like, what are you looking for, man? Whoa, dude. Think about it, man. <laughs> Uh, and then Hellboy's walking. Damn, hippie. <laughs> Hellboy's in denial. He's deflecting. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to take in the hippie's message and realize that he's looking for something deeper. I like this little snake that they put in here. They put in like a little shot of. Uh, he put in this little shot of a snake, and the snake's speech bubble just has a little peace sign. But it all it does work as like a snake sound. Like you can imagine the snake being like. or something like that you know just a silly little thing to like add in there and then uh, I like how he draws like the moon and the trees and stuff super like again like super like early Disney 50s kind of aesthetic to these trees Um, yeah like like um, what is it like 50s like like modern fuck i forget what the word i'm looking for there's like a word for this style that is evading me right now if anybody wants to send us a two-sentence email of like it's this dum-dums thank you (laughs) like go ahead and send it to me but anyway it's like the leaves are blowing and hellboy's having like a moment of quiet and he has his feet in the water Probably pretty cold water. Maybe he's taking a little... He's taking the advice of the hippie to, to like, think about himself or whatever. And in his head, like, in the next panel, he ha- he looks up at the sky and you see, like, within his brain drawings of, like, skulls and mermaids and the right hand of doom and the devil and creepy, like, multi-eyed creatures and stuff. So he's, like, he's having a bit of a storm in his head of all of these crazy things that he has to deal with all the time. And he's just sitting there, like, breathing. And little fish are picking at his hooves. And then there's just a little shot of a leaf in front of the moon, and that's it. That's it. That's it. He's got to find... He's got to find what he's looking for up here in his <laughs> noggin. Well, at least we know that's why he's grumpy. All the shit that he's been throwing at him. That's true. He's got like PTSD. <laughs> he's got he's fucked up. He's got Definitely a lot of his, he's got the weight of the world. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that they used a mermaid because then it makes it seem as if is this taking place 
after the third wish? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's very interesting. I would yeah. think so, yeah. I think the best part of this whole thing is just the style. I love the style of this whole story. It's really cool, yeah. I love that there's a little picture of the hippie. I I got to say I love his that little hippie butt coming out of the water. It's so funny. That's a f- <laughs> when he tells him whatever hope you find what you're looking for and his little butt his little butt's just peeking yeah, out of the water his little butt cheeks are out <laughs> it's very funny to me splashing I, around I really liked right below that panel the close up of Hellboy I think that's great yeah and yeah th- this whole style you keep hitting on and I know we don't neither of us can come up with the name of this style from these like 50s cartoons but I feel like when Pixar started doing like a couple of shorts, like the one that this guy worked on for Ratatouille, I just feel like that style has like Pixar's really brought back a bit, like a modern version of it. And that's what this feels yeah. like a lot. I feel like there's a lot of shorts that are, are that are associated with the Disney. I guess like in furniture and stuff, you call it mid-century modern. I wonder if that's if that would apply to this art style, too. Like a mid-century modern cartoon style. I wish I could say. I, I definitely can imagine the cartoons that you're thinking of in my head. Yeah. Like where people would have very sharp noses and they're like sort of squarish, and you know. Like yeah. Mr. Magoo sort of era a little bit. Yeah. Um, is where I'm, I, what's coming to mind when it comes to this stuff. Even, yeah, even like backgrounds of like... Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like, at least as far as I remember, like the background art of like the Flintstones and shit like that, or like Jetsons architecture kind of shit. Yes. I would, I would even argue that like this sits aside in hand in hand with like Samurai Jack, as well as like the Clone Wars look. Yeah, it has like a really angular kind of style. Yeah. His is much prettier than those. Not Samuel Jack, but in the Clone Wars. But yeah, it would be great to see like an animated film that's designed fully like like Scott Morris, because these backgrounds would be very cool. Totally to see animated. I'd love that. That bird is very cute. Cute little bird. He's adorable. I like his. I and this is a dumb thing, but I really like his his title card for Hellboy and the Cool Your Head. I think it's a great title. Card. I do too. Yeah, he like. Takes a crack at the actual logo. I like it. I definitely like a hand-drawn title card more than like the font from even even in the very last one that we read. A long distance caller. Yeah, where it just feels like it's just like in a digital. lowercase font. Yeah, it's just like they were like, let's make it italics. And like that's it. But like I think I think it's nice. I think, like, you know, you take letters for granted sometimes, but it really looks good when you have, like, a human touch on on that stuff. Yeah. I think, like, um, the, oh, my God, what's the position that lines everything? Oh, inkers? I could not think of inkers. I feel terrible. That's okay. I feel like <laughs> inkers and letters. I think it's just our brains. Are, we're just slow or something. I've it's, always been slow. We need more coffee. <laughs> Uh, inkers and letterers, and now, as you're saying, I think letterers do not get a lot of attention. They don't get yeah. the praise that, like, the lead, like, we're always going to praise Mike Mignola. He's the creator. He he does it. He does the final art. Yeah. And him, per se, he, he does line his own stuff. He doesn't have an inker, per se. But in major comic books, Marvel, DC, Image, like, or image those are more creator owned, but like the major ones, 
inkers change. I mean, there's a whole article. I, w- I, I think I've talked about it where it went through the original Fantastic Four and displayed how the inkers changed the look through that first run of Fantastic Four. Yeah. And it's, we don't pull a lot of attention to it. It has a huge impact on it. I think like there's this weird delineation between art and design. Like people distinguish design as something different. And I think that like when it comes to like typefaces and stuff like that, like it falls under design rather than art. And it makes it like, this different thing. It's like this different category for like advertising or something like that. But I think that it makes such a big impact on the effect of the page as a whole. Like it, it definitely contributes to the look of it. It's there. And if it's not aesthetically pleasing, it's, or if it's like dissonant, like I think that long distance caller, the art is so cool and distinct. And I think that it stands out like a sore thumb to have just a normal, like weird Microsoft Word font slapped on there. It just doesn't feel like it fits exactly. And like, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're not, even if you're not like totally derailed by it, it's just like a little like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being like, it's like Princess in the Pea. Like, it's such a little thing, but I'm like noticing it and being like, well, this could be better. Maybe I'm just like complaining. I'm with you on that. Everything should have that sort of critical eye on it, no matter what. Yeah. But, and then I love that like 15 minutes, there is no title card. She just simply writes 15 minutes. It's like written really small. Yeah. It's very similar to Professional Help, which we did last week. Yeah. I like when an artist realizes like they, that's, they want. They're using their panels completely for story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, like, it'd be one thing if she had a full book, then she should have like a title, I would think. But right. like, I don't hate that she just wrote it at the bottom, like in the margins, practically, you know, considering she only has like eight, seven or eight pages or whatever. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And one of the best letters is the one that's been with Hellboy all along, Clem Robbins. So, yeah, there are people that need a little more praise than than we give them. Yeah. Great stuff. I think these were so like cool. Three gr- fun stories to end the pr- the primary stories on. Weird tales. That's awesome. I agree. Listeners, we want to hear your thoughts on these three stories and anything else we've covered thus far. You can email us again at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We want to hear from you. As well as you can follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy. Um, you can follow up with us, comment on anything we post there. Um, we love seeing little comments, especially if they're like information that I don't know. Um, that's always fun. It's share the knowledge, share the wealth. Also, if you can, please share this with your friends, your family that you think would like this show. Um, we're going to continue doing it for some time. Because we're going through all that Hellboy. And if you could please, on whatever um, program or app that you are listening to, give us a rating, give us a review. If you have Apple Podcasts, give us a review, five stars. And if your review starts with the word boom, we will give you a shout out and read your review right here on the show. We call those boom reviews. So please give us a boom review. So we can praise you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we love that. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. So just what we're going to do, we have one more episode left of Weird Tales. That's going to be coming up next week. 
that's going to be the final Weird Tales episode. We're going to... The thing we're going to cover on that is we're going to cover the covers, the original covers for all of the Hellboy releases. We're going to, you know, chime in on those. We're going to cover the storyline that was published in each Weird Tales by um, John Cassidy, the Lobster Johnson action detective adventure. I'm very excited to go over that finally with you, Kate. I love it. Yeah. And then, um, as Kate promised, we're going to rate... All of the weird tales. We're gonna give you our official rating <laughs> of where we. I better do them. that now. I know, right? <laughs> we'll have that ready for you next next week to end off the weird tales, and then we'll we'll let you know after uh, next week what we have in store for the episodes following that, and then uh, when we'll be kicking back into our season four programming. So there's a lot coming. We thank you again for listening. We really love uh, doing this show for all of you out there. Hope you're all staying safe. Yeah, be smart. And remember, we love you. We, me and Dave. Yeah. Oh, fun. What's up, stoners? Welcome to I'm Too Effing High. It's a podcast where we test the age-old question, does marijuana make you funnier? I'm here to talk to you about eating people. I bring on comedians. I get them high on marijuana. Ooh, yes. It's just like Fisherman's Cop. Yeah. <laughs> and I would know. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome to Nicole Byer, Tim Bob, Sam Richardson, Mary Holland. Are you guys ready for this show tonight? I'm too having high. New episodes every Tuesday. Stay yeah. too having high, you guys. Campfire.